Okay. Can I be honest here? Yes. I used to rely on alcohol for a lot of things, including managing my PMS symptoms like anxiety, irritability, feeling blue, ugh, huge mistake. However, as a sober girl today, that is obviously not an option, but have no fear. Ladies, we found a solution to our PMS woes, alcohol so not needed. Enter Jubilance, your daily support and new BFF when it comes to true and effective PMS relief. It's so simple. Just take one capsule a day and keep your symptoms at bay. If you're interested in trying it, you can use the code SOBERGIRLS for $10 off your first order. I've noticed I have more energy, focus, less cravings, and my mood feels so much more balanced. Jubilance is a non-hormonal available over-the-counter and powered by two-ingredient formula used by thousands of women worldwide to live PMS mood symptom-free. Think less anxiety, less irritability, more peace, power, and dare I say, fun all month long. Try Jubilance for $10 off by visiting jubilance.com forward slash sobergirls or Use the promo code SOBERGIRLS at checkout. That's J-U-B-I-L-A-N-C-E dot com slash SOBERGIRLS for $10 off. Now we know that finding the perfect non-alcoholic drink and symptoms feel like a major challenge, but we've discovered something that's about to knock your socks off and your taste buds too. Go Brewing. Did you know Go Brewing was rated number one, number one, Michaela, for non-alcoholic beer in the country, and rightly so. Fun fact, all of their beers fall under the gluten-free guidelines, so you won't get that gross bloated feel that you sometimes can get when you're drinking, let's be honest. Plus, all their brews without fruit have less than one gram of sugar. Because we want to feel sexy and sober and have fun, Go Brew is the perfect choice for us. And who says beer isn't sophisticated when you could just put it in a champagne glass like I do? My favorite at the moment is the Sunshine State Tropical IPA from Go Brewing. It's the mango and peach flavor. As a listener, you can save 15% by going to brewing.com slash sobergirls or by using the code sobergirls. Plus, get a free two-day shipping on orders of $40 or more. Again, go to brewing.com slash SoberGirls or use our code SoberGirls for 15% off. Hey guys, welcome to episode 22 of Two Sober Girls. I'm Erin, along with your co-host, Michaela. And we are jumping into today's topic, which is what is the root cause of your drinking habit? So what we say in the rooms all the time is that drinking was never my problem, but it was my solution. So, you know, and that really was kind of a wild concept for me when I first entered into recovery. Cause I'm like, oh no, I have a drinking problem. Mm. Alcohol yeah. is my problem. No, alcohol was my solution and doing the work, peeling back the layers of like, but why, but mm-hmm. why? Why do I need that drink? Why? Why at that yeah. time? What are my triggers? What's underneath that trigger? What am I really medicating, numbing, coping from that I am telling myself that alcohol is my solution because alcohol is not a solution. It just deepens the problem as we all know, and just keeps you numb for a little bit of time. And then really when you come to that problem is grown. So what is the root cause of your drinking habit, which is like, that's a big question. You know, that's not like, oh, let me tell you, that takes years of work sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. in that comes out when you do your four-step inventory 
And then you do your fifth step with your sponsor where you kind of write down your list of resentments and you get to, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It gets to like, why, you know, why, why are you drinking? And it could just be, it's more often more than one thing, but it's commonly one major thing of like anxiety, fear, depression, worry, lack, you know, the main headings, but like, where in your life is that coming from? Yeah. you know, as health coaches, you know, everything stems back so much to our childhood and those beliefs Mm -hmm. that, well, that's where your subconscious gets formed Mm -hmm. and we come here so pure. And I think everyone, no matter your background, cultural, you know, I grew up in Slovakia, we didn't grow up with much. And so, yeah, there was a lot of trauma. I've seen a lot of things I shouldn't have. I've experienced a lot. But I think no matter what, even if you grow up in a beautiful family dynamic with a mother, mother and father, I didn't have that. And like, but even if you have that, there's still going to be some trauma that has happened, whether it's at school, like things that your parents couldn't control. And you kept it hidden and then you know your mommy made it okay by making giving you ice cream and then you basically like put two and two together like oh ice cream makes me feel better and so now every time I'm bad I'm gonna have ice cream and that addiction starts right and so that's why like comfort food and stuff like that it's just like we have to take a deeper look and this is with food too, you know? So I had alcohol stuff and then I also had food stuff that came up for me. And I think the food was a lot heavier for me. Um, it was a lot more, um, it was a bigger problem. And the alcohol was just like another solution, as you say, to cope with things uh, where I was out socially. Because when I was out socially, I didn't eat as much as I would as I would eat by myself. And I, and then I was the type where I'd never drank. I never drank by myself ever, 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 ever. And I always drank when I was out. So it was those two social, two different situations. And we, I didn't know how to navigate, you know, social. So my root cause, and, and I was having a conversation with someone this week and getting down to her root cause. And we didn't even know we were getting into that conversation, but it got there where we basically realized that, and and this is for me too. I did a lot of the things that I did. It was like for people pleasing. I, I kept drinking for so long because Mm -hmm. of the environment I was in and the people I was around, that's what they did. And so I wanted them to feel comfortable and I put myself in a situation where then I drank because it just, it was easier to, to actually, it was easier versus like what I'm actually doing now and saying, I don't drink and having those conversations and sometimes not even hanging out with those people because it's not aligned. And so, but I have different ways of coping with that, right? I have other self-help modalities that I actually, that feel better. Um, but my thing was social anxiety too. And because of it, I, I, I can't do the things that I used to be able to do and and I don't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's getting 
to the root of those things. And it was, like you said, it was never, the alcohol was never actually the issue. Like, yeah, it caused a lot of issues, uh, caused a lot of shame and losing things and, you know, like crazy shit happening all the time. But it was really what was underneath of that. It's your why. And, you know, something that I know, Michaela, we talk about a lot is wanting to teach our children that everything you need is already inside of you, that you have the answers. You are the divine inhabits you. Like if you, you know, that's my prayer for our kids to really understand that, you know, God is indwelling in you. And when we go back within, we have the solutions that we're seeking, but it's having those conversations and feeling comfortable to share like, hey, I'm struggling and I don't understand this. And I think for me as a child, I was just out of the womb, very much aware of your feelings and your feelings and your feelings and how I did have power to improve that. Mm-hmm. Come from a big family, I'm one of five girls, I'm in the middle and I can very much empathically mm-hmm. read and take on, but also at a young age, kind of shift and help. And even if I didn't realize I was doing this to my own demise, I can make you happy. I can make the situation better because I'm so uncomfortable with your discomfort that I will do whatever it takes. You want me to do a backflip? I can do a backflip. Let me just give me a minute to learn it. And like, I just realize now, like, and I still have to stop myself as an adult because I really don't do well when people are uncomfortable. I don't. Mm. I have to know the line of like showing up and being loving and gracious and kind and doing, trying to, to save them when really their work is to feel like discomfort and heal themselves. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm robbing them of that opportunity. Right. But so now in sobriety, I can still be very aware of people's emotions and feelings, but my first response is prayer and asking God and praying for them and asking for what is my, what is my job here? What is my calling here? Um, and realizing too, like it's, it's not my responsibility. Um, and the alcohol would just, you know, numb in a way. So I could, you know, get through those uncomfortable times. And now again, one of my struggles in my work as I evolve as a sober woman is being able to sit where there is pain and suffering because in this world there is. Yeah. And then we just were speaking about this in our last episode, either obsessing over that or being part of the solution, because I can go down that dark path and being like, I am not okay with human suffering. I am just not okay. Mm -hmm. I do about it. Mm -hmm. With me, I'm here. I've never been healthier. I've never been more like empowered. So let me help. So that's like sort of my evolution, but I can look back now and realize like, oh yeah, you can numb and not feel all those uncomfortable emotions. I totally get it, especially when we're young and we're not given that those tools. Right. That generation, you know, they didn't, weren't given those tools either. Our parents, God bless them. They're wonderful. And now we're like, oh wait, we need to teach our children what to do when these uncomfortable emotions come and and to name them and to speak about them and to have these different ways to cope. And that's so exciting to me that we get to be part of that now. But I didn't realize any of that as a child. It was just like, how do I get out of self? And really you want to go, Mm -hmm. yes, leave our bodies. We want to inhabit 
come back, get grounded, connect with our higher power and be like, oh, I'm okay. And there's a solution here, but that doesn't just happen. That is something that we do need to be taught and we need to practice. And within our own community of, you know, not drinking or drinking less, talking about these things so that you don't want to go out and drink. That's like the whole premise of AA, like get that shit off your chest. So you're not going to pick up. Exactly. You you don't shove it down. You get it out. You talk about it. Is there a solution? What's my part? Move on. Right. Well, I think a big one is when you do realize that you want to drink less or you actually don't want to drink at all. Like when you get really honest. Yeah. There is a feeling of, I think for a lot of people is like, how is this going to impact my social life? Right. Because alcohol can be a big part of it. And, you know, I hear people all the time say, well, I just, you know, I'll have one to make, to to not raise any conversation and stuff, but why? Totally. Again, it goes back to that people pleasing, like, and so why are you trying to please your friends? If they're your true friends, they would not care. They would want you to be healthy. Yeah. And if they, if they make you feel any type of way or shame or like weird, then they're not your people. That's no. it. And totally. You just, and said, that's okay. You're, you're going to go through people that are not your people. That is, that's, that's part of this game. You're not for everyone. I'm not for everyone. I'm and not. you went through that in your relationship too, right? Totally. So you went sober. Oh my God. And you became a different person, basically. I was like, right? I, I'm like, oh, this is really me. And, and you just said, like, People who are truly your people and love you, like I have a group of my like closest girlfriends, they are dreams. They still drink. And well, this is the funniest part. You'll think this hilarious. So I remember when it was, so they still drank. I drank uh, so much with them. Yeah. Where we went out, I'm looking around and I'm like, motherfucker. I'm like, you guys all drink normally. I'm like, this is so annoying. I'm like, I really am the alcohol. I'm like, oh. what is this? No one's doing shots. What's happening? It's like, I was like, oh my God. I'm like, I was the one like constantly like more and more and more, but they do not care. If anything, they're so, ha- they're so happy. I have, right. my- but anybody else who was just drinking and day drinking, it's not for me. Cause that's not who I am. And God bless. And I'm zero hard feelings, but I'm not in that world or in that space. So it's, we're never going to work. And it is, it is okay. And then you'll find too, like, you just don't want to be there anyway. Right. It's like nothing. It's just so, it's so not appealing to me, which is so wild because I used to love it. And now I'm like, oh, that's not what I want to do. And it's okay. But again, like you don't have to be for everyone um, because we're not. And then, and you might trigger other people, but remember you can be part of that triggering can be the greatest blessing because when there's like mm-hmm. that disturbance, there's work to do. Like, why does that bother me? Because there is something inside you saying you are not aligned with who you really are. And you know that this is not your highest good. You know that you're not happy living this way. So if you get to be that person who like rubs them the wrong way in love mm-hmm. and like, you know, God bless, but a lot of growth can happen. So what do you see? Cause I know you work with many people in AA, what are the root causes of their drinking? Like if you can generalize a little bit. 
Yeah. So like when we do the proper step four, um, and that's, you know, one of our previous podcasts and we like lay out the, the categories it's fear, insecurity, relationships, um, financial, I mean, everything really, as I hear myself is falling under fear. You know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. fear, like how it presents itself, how it's clothed, so to speak, yeah. there's many masks. But fear, insecurity, um, and that could be like in your pocketbook, in relationships, um, uh, physical, um, but those are the main categories of like how this resentment affects my, you know, finances, affects my social standing, affects my physical well-being. Um, but it's usually some sort of fear. And I, if I could look back for myself, I think as a child, it made me very fearful that the humans I love weren't okay. Mm -hmm. Like, how could I make them better? Like I can save them. I can't save them. Right now, but to the younger me, I was like, I can make you feel better. I'm, I love you so much. I don't want you to be in pain. And then I would I was doing that in all my, but then you would be sort of in all of these emotions and mm-hmm. putting your system in overdrive. Yeah. So then you actually had to pick up the drink to calm that part down. That's what we're saying here. Right. That's the, that's the root cause of you picking up actually. Totally. And, and yeah. so in, of course, as soon as I had children, you imagine that went into overdrive. And so with my first Peter, I had a horrible postpartum. But like I hid it because it's part of. And did you drink? I drink. Yes, I didn't drink while I was pregnant. But right, uh, right, right. But yeah. postpartum, yeah, yeah, postpartum. I totally drank, and that like gave me like relief. Like I was like, <gasps> um, and I, right. I didn't talk about it because, again, with this disease, and I, you know, I have the disease of alcoholism you know, a big part of it is you hide. Like, so it's like, I will drink and present this way. I'm going to hide how I really feel. And I'm going to present like, and I did have so many people believe, and I think I believe sometimes I have it all figured out. My life is great. No, no. I did that with, with like my eating disorder. That was a private thing. I would never tell anybody that. And not only until I healed, was I able to even speak up about it. And I, you know, it took me a while to heal. I would say, it was, it it was going on for about four years. This was like my early, early twenties, teen, late teens, early twenties. And then I wasn't able to talk about it until my thirties. There was so much shame that came with it. And like, why didn't I have it figured out? And then I was basically lying to myself and others that I was okay. And I wasn't okay, Mm. you know, but same thing with your thing. And then it's very similar. So whatever addiction it is, food, alcohol, drugs, there is this shame and secrecy and living in fear. And we're not even talking about what that does to your body. Oh my God. On that level. On that level. And, you know, but the fact, which I love that we get to share it here and open that conversation for anyone who it's not just alcohol, but any sort of addiction. Because addiction is addiction is addiction is addiction. You know, you were medicating and coping through your eating disorder. Like you thought that that was the only way through for you, the only way that you could cope. I was using alcohol 
they usually overlap. Like you'll see this pattern, like in the rooms or not in the rooms, like, you know, an eating disorder and alcohol abuse or disorder, mm-hmm. it, you know, they're all kind of in bed with each other, you know? And so it's so important to talk about them, bring them to the light. Cause there is not any shame. And the more you speak about it, the more you realize there are so many people. Yes. We're all going through something. Yes. And the more we talk about it, the less power it has. And then we just, you have to the light, you have to bring in the light. And because also I know you are sitting there, sitting there today thinking you have food freedom. You found your calling. Like you're living this life and you're like, I want everyone to know. Yes. I was in that ditch and I didn't think I was coming out, but I made it out. I did it. And like, gosh, it was just thinking back. It was horrible, 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 horrible. And so sad when, when I think about it, I would never want anybody to go through that, but horrible to say that, like you said, yes, now I have food freedom. And in a way where like, I, I still get to enjoy food. Like I love food, the food, Mm -hmm. see alcohol and food is very different alcohol. Like I can live without alcohol and not see it and not be around it because I don't have it at home. Um, I can, I can manage that, but then food, the food is like, that's where I had to do that real work because we cannot stop eating or we'll die, (laughs) you know? And so for me, it was a process of, and I talk about this on my other podcast, uh, healthy style podcast, um, about like food. There's an episode on there on food freedom and, Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it was a process where now I, I, it was a mindset shift where I wasn't using food to punish me. And, and, and I was, I didn't, when I was doing it, it wasn't to punish myself. It was to cope and it was to feel good, but it was a punishment where now my mindset shift is like food is fuel and I'm going to try to get as best quality as I can and I'm going to enjoy it. And if, like I can eat truly what I want and, and love it and enjoy it, but not in a, not go overboard. Like I just, I have that control. It's not even a control. It just, you're empowered. I can't even, yeah. It's like one of those things you can't even describe. It was a switch because of the inner work guys. The inner work is everything. It's everything. It's different for, and and I can't stop doing the inner work. That's the thing is like, once you know you are, you're shown this tool and you, it just becomes who you are. And for me, it became who I was and also who I became with helping others. I mean, I, I love, I, I love a lot of different things. And so, yeah, coaching on that aspect, I love, I, you know, became what I do on a day to day. And I do feel from you, I think you embody this so much. It's like, the more you love yourself, the more you make these decisions where you're like, well, I I just love myself too much. Why would I ever do that? Like I today choose everything that I'm choosing to put in my body, in my mind, surround myself with is out of an act of love because I know who I am and like the value. And the more we make those choices, the more it just like those muscles grow where we're just, yeah. It's just, it doesn't even enter my mind by the grace of God, but you said something that I think is so vital. You have to do the work every day. 
You mm-hmm. have to do the work every day because your mind, it's so interesting. You can be in this path, but you know, a, one poisonous thought gets in there and you don't root it out, it grows. So you have to constantly weed, weed your thoughts and make sure that it's everything that you want is in there and that you're feeding it or else, yeah, like you can find yeah. yourself in another mental battle again. Exactly. Or, well, it's, it's, okay. Do the work it's going up. back to the episode that we just did, episode 21, focusing on what you want in life. Yeah. And back to the root cause of the people pleasing and the social anxiety. How can we flip that into what we want? Well, I no longer people please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care to people please anymore. So it's literally switching your mind from that to that. And it's I love it. doing that mental exercise. Right. So, and then that social anxiety is like looking at, I stating, I only hang out with people that I love to be around. That's mm-hmm. it. Because those people that you love to be around, you should, I don't feel, I, I don't feel social anxiety with you. You know, if you guys saw us yesterday, Erin and I, we did a coaching session for oh my business stuff. We, 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 we looked crazy. Like we were just so excited. And it's screaming. wild. This is sobriety. It was a party. It, it was, was a, a party. party at 11 a.m. at her house with a little bit of coffee and water and <laughs> give us a computer and, and notebooks. And we are, I, I said, this feels like the way I used to go out and like get so excited and get dressed and drink. No, like we had that yesterday on a Wednesday morning. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. So, um, yeah, just spending time with people that you love. So focusing on what you want. I, I focus on being with my, you know, loved ones. I focus on putting healthy food in my body, focusing on, reading more and learning more and taking more time to just be and to relax and to go to sleep earlier and write and journal. And ah, there's so many things we can do, you know, go in nature, go for a walk. Ah, life is amazing. Life is truly amazing. It's, it's, it's a blessing. Uh Um, and this work it's, it's not that like, Oh, now I have to do the work. It's, it will give you life. It will move you forward every step of the way. That is the best part. So we'll leave you at that with that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And how great do you like, this is better than any drink. This is better than, Oh yeah. Like this feels It's like an all day feeling yeah. good. Even if I'm like, even if something happens outside of me, the in- internal part of me is calm and it's mm-hmm. and I feel my feet and I and yoga really helps with that too just to get in my body and out of my mind and then when I'm in my body I can control my mind better and I'm going to put a training in our membership yes. on how to meditate like super simple like I, you could do it anywhere you could do it in a car you can do it on the bed you do a laying down sitting up I do it walking there's always a way to infuse mindfulness and meditation into your day. And no, you're, you're not going to be like sleepwalking. Like it's, it's, that's not what it, that's not what it is. You'll actually see the colors. Like I'm looking at the trees right now. I'm outside. You'll see the colors of the, the leaves and the sky and you'll breathe the air and, you know, feel the bones in your feet and, 
your breath and your belly and lungs. And like, it's, it's amazing to be alive mm-hmm. and to feel these things. And we're so lucky that we have you as a teacher. Um, guys, you have no idea. Like I, like that right there was a mini training, but your trainings, your guidance, my ability to meditate, to understand what it looks like, your guided meditations, just your modalities, your being, your, your presence has shifted me into a deeper practice. So this is such a gift. Oh, God, good guys. Deep breath. Take a deep breath with me. Just breathe deep breath in through the nose and in towards the belly, like actually feel your belly rise just stop in for a second and then exhale out and just continue and take as many deep breaths throughout the day, throughout your life. Again, yoga is really good at teaching you how to breathe. Mm-hmm. And I, what I love about it is you're in these poses in these twists and bends and this, and, and you're guided at every pose to fully breathe and sometimes it's hard but you end up opening these like nooks and crannies of your body that you never paid attention to never like when do you when do you pay attention to your ribs like when do you touch your ribs and like oh like you're so strong you're you know you're holding in my lungs thank you and (laughs) thank you for my toes like you know I, I love Paul's class like he's so funny he like this, this yoga class that I go to every Sunday. And he's like, um, sorry, I got cut off. He goes, just, just say hello to your toes, like give love to your toes. And then I'm thinking about like gratitude about the toes, right? Like, again, when was the last time you, you had gratitude about your toes? Like, right. he's like, you usually look at your toes and be like, ah, you know, um, <laughs> but like without your toes guys, you would not be able to walk and stand in balance. Uh, like your shoes would not look good. <laughs> hey, no, it's true. Yesterday, oh my gosh, you're gonna love this. I was falling asleep with Amia, and we, I, I go through this gratitude list with her every night, but it's always different. Like whatever comes to me, and yesterday it was like the longest one I've ever did. It must've been minutes where I'm like scratching her and I'm doing like her lymphatic drainage. Like it's like gently rubbing, um, towards her lymph points. Right. And we're laying there and she's relaxed and she just has this smile on her face as she has her eyes closed. And I'm saying all of the things that we're grateful for. And I included the toes. She's like, yes, thank you. Toes. And I was like, (laughs) But like all the parts and I'm like, thank you to our heart and our cheeks and our tongue so we can taste and talk and our eyes so we can see and our ears so we can hear like, gosh, guys, there's, oh my gosh, there's so so many beautiful aspects of life that if we take away from what we don't want and we focus on just what we have and then what we want that is a rich life. That is a rich, beautiful, healthy, messy life. And yes. it's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, Amen. Amen. <laughs> messy, beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I'll take it. Alrighty guys. Well, we love you. I'm also excited. We're going to have so many new and amazing podcast guests yes. and experts. 
um, happening very soon. Uh, they're being scheduled um, happening in the end of January. And so lots of good things for you guys. Uh, go check out our Sober Girls Mastermind. If you're listening to this in January, hop on now. You'll be locked in at the price for the year. Um, it's at 55. The price will be doubling very soon. And you can stay as long as you like. There's no, it's a month to month thing. And you, you'll be just a part of all the awesomeness. Like, so if you love the podcast, this is like the podcast, but we go in deeper and more tailored to you. And we are in contact with all of the members and there's also other containers. Um, We have Voxer training. If you are interested with some coaching, with us and it's all really amazing exciting things so if you're ready to really step into the best version of yourself make this a lifestyle again you don't have to be completely sober to do this it's just stepping into the right direction Mm -hmm. we will hold your hand open up your mind and your heart and do this all together all right ladies and gentlemen maybe (laughs) see you next time Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.